Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. The new Mission Impossible movie is hitting theaters this weekend, and to celebrate, I did what Tom Cruise does, and I jumped off a cliff. I also recorded this review before I jumped off the cliff, which means you'll see more of me later this week, or never. This review is brought to you by Stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code MERLE now for a special offer, and stay tuned after the review for more info. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, surely a contender for the longest title of the summer, and perhaps unexpectedly for Tom Cruise, he seems to find himself for the second consecutive summer in a position to save the box office, because so many of these big blockbuster films have been disappointments critically, financially, or both. The eyes have been turning to Mission Impossible and also to the Barbenheimer combo next week to save the summer box office, so is this movie up to the task. Well, this is the fifth film from director Christopher McQuarrie, his fourth film with Tom Cruise, and his third consecutive Mission Impossible movie, and it has a script by Christopher McQuarrie and screenwriter Eric Gendrison. This mission is produced by and stars Tom Cruise, of course, as IMF agent Ethan Hunt, the seventh time that he's played the character since 1996. And here's a fact that might blow your mind. Tom Cruise currently is 61 years old, which is four years older than Roger Moore was when he had visibly aged out of playing the part of James Bond in A View to a Kill back in 1985. Remember, he looked like an old man. Tom Cruise doesn't look anything like that. He actually seems to be peaking, pulling off his most outrageous set of stunts yet for this movie, including the death-defying cliff dive that has become the centerpiece of the film's marketing. Much like his instincts with Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise knows that reality will put butts in seats this summer, and he is front and center center as Ethan Hunt skydives, stunt drives, parachutes, and of course runs his way around the world. Ethan's mission, which spoiler alert he does choose to accept, is to track down the key to a terrifying new power that would give whomever controls it the ability to shape the world for decades to come. Naturally, this pursuit leads Ethan outside the chain of command and forces him to go rogue. This is the same thing that happens in every single movie, and at this point, the film just lampshades it and moves on. Joining Ethan are his frequent teammates Luther, Benji, and Ilsa, played by Ving Graham, Simon Pegg, and Rebecca Ferguson, as well as a new addition, Grace, a thief who finds herself deeper than she could have possibly imagined, played by Haley Atwell. 
Haley Atwell, I think, has really struggled to find a breakout role beyond Peggy Carter in the MCU that really shows what she can do. And I'm glad that she is in this movie because I think that she's found that role. She holds her own for every second of screen time with Tom Cruise, most of which is shared between the two of them, and really provides, I think, a new favorite character for people to root for in a team full of fan favorites. Vanessa Kirby returns as the White Widow, as does Henry Zerny as Kittredge, not seen since the first movie. Isai Morales joins the cast as Gabriel, a merchant who also has some shady ties to Ethan's past. And Palm Clementeeth gets to shed the empathic Mantis persona from Guardians of the Galaxy as Gabriel's hard-as-nails enforcer Paris, who seems to enjoy causing destruction and inflicting pain. Ethan Hunt has been described by many people as a modern-day James Bond, which is weird because that first Mission Impossible movie, which came out in 1996, I was 13 years old when that came out, which basically means that for the last 27 years, I've had my generation's version of James Bond, except he's been played by the same actor the entire time, something that no James Bond can lay claim to on a continual basis. What keeps Cruz from becoming stale in this role is that he's obviously not doing these movies out of obligation or desperation. Instead, he seems to relish playing Ethan Hunt more than ever, increasingly throwing himself literally more and more into the role. Luckily, the stories for the film have been able to keep pace. It's not just spectacle. And Dead Reckoning Part 1 has a good mix of emotional stories for our characters that are satisfying on that level. A modern-day tech thriller espionage angle, as well as some intrigue about Ethan's past specifically. These storylines all come together, but this is just part of a larger story because this is the third major Part 1 blockbuster that we've gotten this summer after Fast X and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And I think that this movie easily does the part one thing better than Fast X did, and yes, also does it better than Across the Spider-Verse, which is a movie that I really enjoyed. First and foremost, this is labeled as a part one, which the other movies were not, which helps to manage audience expectations. Also, on a character level, the main characters in this film have a complete character arc, even more so than the characters in Across the Spider-Verse, that resolves in this movie, but leaves them places to go in the next film. There's a story conflict in this movie that is resolved and yet is part of a larger story that's going to be resolved in the next film. The ending is open-ended, but the movie doesn't end on a cliffhanger. In short, this is how you make a satisfying part one, because Dead Reckoning Part 1 does feel like its own complete film with a big third act finale that I thought would have been a perfect climax for any action film, whether it was a Part 1, 2, or 3. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Three. And the action in general is fantastic, mostly because it's largely practical stunt work from Tom Cruise and, of course, an incredibly talented stunt team. There's a madcap, at times almost zany, car chase through Rome, which has really taken a beating this summer, an elaborate game of cat and mouse in an airport, the train sequence, which takes part in every part of the train, including on the roof, and Tom Cruise's aerial feats, which actually lead to the biggest laugh in the movie, in my opinion at least. 
All of this action is captured through incredible use of the camera by Christopher McQuarrie and director of photography Fraser Taggart with masterful editing from Eddie Hamilton and Oscar nominee last year for Top Gun Maverick. In short, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 does what a franchise film on its seventh installment should be doing, which is to challenge itself to be bigger and better, to explore the characters in a meaningful way, and to earn the ticket price that the audience is going to fork over, not take that ticket price for granted. This is an exceptional action film, and much like Top Gun Maverick last summer, is designed to be seen in the theater to fully appreciate its scope and scale. I don't really have too many criticisms of the movie. It's a little long at about two hours and 45 minutes, so it suffers from the same bloat that we've seen from almost all of the big summer films, but it isn't quite as egregious in its use of the time. The movie did fly by for me for the most part, and as is the case with almost every Mission Impossible movie, I think the plot's about 20 to 25% too complicated for its own good, but that's nothing new. But really, I think this is what blockbuster movie making should aspire to be. This is a movie that one to deliver the spectacle it promises to the audience. And in a summer where every one of the big movies, or most of them it seems, has kind of congealed into a gluey mix of fine, this really feels like even more of a standout. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 most definitely gets my See It Now rating. This is a four-quadrant kind of film, and I would be absolutely shocked if audiences are as apathetic about this movie as they have been so many of the summer's other movies. I guess there is a possibility that audiences have sort of been lulled into a stupor at this point, but I hope that this movie is able to wake them up and that the critical and audience reception gets people out on opening weekend and beyond, because I think it's a real compliment for this movie to say that I was both completely satisfied by this film and I can't wait to see what comes next. So those are my thoughts on Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Are you going to be heading out to the theater to see it? Let me know down in the comments below. And before we leave, I want to thank the sponsor for this video, Stamps.com. And I want you to take a minute and think about your five least favorite activities. If you send a lot of packages in the mail, then I'm betting that standing in line at the post office is in that top five. We've streamlined and modernized so much in the last few years. Why are we still mailing things the old-fashioned way? If you mail or ship often, let Stamps.com do the hard part for you. All you have to do is print postage and shipping labels right from your home or office, and it's ready to go. No waiting in line, no complicated setup. All you need is a computer and a printer. Stamps.com will even send you a scale. Just this week, postage rates went up for the second time this year, so it's more important now than it's ever been to find great prices. And Stamps.com has huge carrier discounts, up to 84% off of USPS and UPS rates, and the Stamps.com system will find your best discount automatically. For over two decades, Stamps.com has been indispensable to over one million businesses because you can get access to the USPS and UPS services you need from your computer anytime, day or night. Just go to the website, print out postage, and schedule pickup right then and there. That's it. Avoid the hassle of shipping the old-fashioned way. Sign up with promo code MERLE for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code MERLE. Thanks to Stamps.com for sponsoring this review, and thank you for watching. Be sure to stay tuned for more movie news, reviews, box office, and more pending my survival of that Tom Cruise-esque cliff jump. And barring catastrophic injury, I'll see you all again very soon. Thanks so much for watching. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Bye.